allows us to tell stories about the human condition. Isaac Asimov once said, individual science fiction stories may seem as trivial as ever to the blinder critics and philosophers of today. But the core of science fiction, its essence has become crucial to our salvation. Tell me how many lights you see. Yeah! Oh! It's all lights! This is how liberty dies. Welcome to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast. I'm Scott Herzog. And good evening. I'm Miles B. McLaughlin. And I am Dave Sellers. Yes, and so it's just the three of us. It's Guys Night at the Diner. Whoop, whoop. Guys Night. Yep, and uh, (laughs) Dave, what are you uh, drinking again? I am drinking Funky Buddha from and Floridian Brewery. It's Funky Buddha, right? So, Funky Buddha. It's good stuff. And, yeah, you, you enjoying it? Yeah, some nice Heffenweizen. Very good. Very good. Thanks, nice. my in-laws, for bringing it back from Florida for me. Uh, there you go. Florida. That sounds like it's the place to be right now as far as uh, COVID goes and openness goes. Although uh, Pennsylvania is slowly opening everything up again. But, as with everything, we're slow. Yeah, we're slow. But hey, you're the funky Buddha. I'm wearing ladies' pants, and we are good to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yes. That's all right. Uh, that's right. Right. There. right. That's right. So, uh, the, you got to, for those of you that don't follow me on social media, uh, primarily Facebook, um, you won't know this story. Those of you that do, uh, I'm just going to be up front and tell you about it because it is it is hilarious, right? So, as you know, we've talked. I think we talked about the show. I've dropped 50 pounds, right, uh, since August. So, and uh, so I've dropped. That's also like two jean sizes. Like I went from a 38 to like a 34, a little bit less, 33. Right. Uh, so. In my family, like everyone folds laundry. Like I fold laundry, Kristen folds laundry, Kiefer puts laundry away, and we are all putting laundry away in different. But when you're putting, like, at the end of the day, sometimes you just want to get the laundry away, and so you don't look real closely. Um, now, I don't believe this was me because I pay attention. Like I know my jeans, right? But it was either my son or Kristen threw a pair of my wife's jeans into my jeans drawer, right? So when I'm going to bed at night, like 8, 30, 9 o'clock, because I get up so damn early, uh, I'm I, I'm tired. Like, I'm like, oh, this looks like a pair of jeans. Like, Psh, all right. And I lay it out the night before, and I get up in the morning, and I throw on my jeans to go to work. And when I put on this one pair of particular jeans, I thought, oh, these are a bit snug. But I've had some jeans that have been tight over the years. Uh, and certainly, even though I've lost weight, I've had some jeans that are more like skinny jeans. You know, your your your, um, your American Eagle or your Hollister jeans are just more, they tend to run a bit tight, right? And so you kind of, whatever, right? So I'm wearing these and then I, I put these on and I try to put my keys in the pocket, right? And I'm like, these pockets are running a bit small. But, you know, I'm waking up, it's like 4.30 in the morning, 
I am not thinking. And I try to stick my phone in my back pocket and it doesn't slide all the way in. And then, yeah, it's bizarre, but I'm like, eh, whatever, right? So I go and I go to school, right? And I'm at school and I go to the bathroom and I'm sitting there and I'm looking. I'm like, this tie, the tag in the back says size six. I'm like, <laughs> my jeans do not ever say size six. So, yes, I went to school and wore them all day. I wore a pair of my wife's jeans to school. So I don't know if that's more embarrassing for me or for her that I was able to fit into my wife's jeans. But, but yes, I did. And no one said a thing about it until I mentioned it during block four prep. So I walked around the school, you know, interacted with people. And uh, yeah, there you go. Look, it's got pants, and I think you'll find that his pants space pants tighter than mine. Yeah. ladies' pants. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. We'll have to rewrite that song and yeah, and do it with. I've been thinking about it for like a week. Yes, <laughs> Christmas pants. His wife's pants. He's wearing wife pants. <laughs> Oh, goodness. Oh, we just need to get Tyrion Lannister to sing it for us. That's all. Oh, that'd be great. <laughs> and so, speaking of a Game of Thrones tie-in, we see a Game of Thrones alumni in one of the trailers we're going to be reviewing tonight. Fun times. All right. So, um, as always, if you want to support the diner, you can visit us on Patreon at patreon.com backslash sci-fi. And uh, you can do it through an audible audible trial at audible dot audible trial dot com backslash sci fi diner as well. Well, so what we're a diner, right, Miles? What is on the menu tonight? So this is what's on the menu tonight. We'll talk a little bit what's going on in our sci fi world. Uh, WandaVision wrapped up. We all enjoyed WandaVision. We're going to talk about that. Uh, Star Trek: Strange New Worlds. Uh, Dropped a little video letting us know that they have uh, started production, added more cast members. We have a trailer for the animated uh, uh, Justice League movie, uh, World War II. There's a trailer for the Eternals. And uh, the Ju- the Justice League movie, live action, that was out a, a couple years ago. Well, the, the Zack Snyder cut is uh, has, has dropped on HBO Max. There's a good trailer for that. And we're, it's already been announced. But uh, Stargate fans are we're all mourning the, the, the passing of Cliff Simon. And Scott and I had a chance to interact with uh, Mr. Simon a, a few years back at a, at a shore leave convention. And so we just want to take a, you know, say a few words and in, in, in remembering uh, Cliff Simon. Yeah, absolutely. It all sounds very good. And I like that. That's a, that's a good, uh, good uh, menu for the diner. So. So let's uh, let's jump into our sci-fi world, our appetizer here, right? Um, yes. Who wants to start? Dave, Miles, me? I don't care. I'll go. That's fine. So I am enjoying Superman and Lois on the CW. I wasn't sure a new Superman show. Superman has been done so many times. But I think this is a whole fresh new look at the Superman story. Uh, Superman and Lois have moved to Smallville. No, it's not like the Smallville show for on the CW a few years back. Um, they they have uh, two uh, 15-year-old uh, sons, twin sons, and 
you know, just trying to deal with uh, uh, being, you know, raising a family and still trying to save the world. But it it's a new interesting look at the whole Superman Lois uh, story. I'm also enjoying Resident Alien on the Sci-Fi Channel. Alan Tudyk is just phenomenal. He's just brilliant in this uh, show. And I just read uh, recently that it, it's going to get a, a, a second season on the Sci-Fi Channel. That is awesome. Yeah. Awesome. That is awesome. So I, I mm-hmm. I'm glad to see Alan Tudyk in a uh, main role. I, I am too. I mean, the fact that he, and, and that this is, uh, you know, he's the he's the star of the show. But he, even the supporting characters are, are interesting here. They had to have written this show with Alan Tudyk in mind. That's all I can say because it seems to have been made for him. I don't know who could play this part like he can. Yeah, I, I agree. I think this. Yeah, that, that, that whoever whoever had the idea, the brainchild for this, said it. You know, what if Alan Tudyk was our alien? And fortunately, Alan Tudyk was available. Um, Linda uh, Hamilton guest starred in the last two episodes. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. So we, we have some good guest stars in there. I enjoyed uh, Transformers uh, Earthrise on Netflix. Very short season, only six episodes, but it's kind of a new take on Transformers Generation 1. Um, you know, with, with better animation, but I think better storytelling, too. I'm also enjoying Debris on NBC. Um, I have Raised by Wolves is still on my radar on HBO Max, but uh, I, I, I kind of lost track of that. Uh, I've uh, watching Flash and Black Lightning on CW. Just finished reading uh, 30,000 BC Bordeaux. And now I'm reading another time travel novel called uh, Outsmarting Time by uh, Laura Hanks Klein. Cool. Yeah. So that's. That's what that's that's what that's what's going on in my sci-fi world. Yeah, they actually said uh, when you're talking about Resident Alien to bring it back, they're saying that he's pulling some uh, inspiration from Monk, a uh, connection to Monk. If you ever watched the uh, the show Monk, <sighs> yeah, yeah. So, um, and, and also, um, uh, it's also uh, drawing similarities between his character in K two S O in Rogue One. Mm-hmm has the same way of speaking to people. Oh, okay. Uh, and um, the mannerisms that seem to be there. So I think he's trying I, a little I, bit. Of, I see that. I see that too. Yeah. That. Mm-hmm. He's not as much Walsh in this one, but no, no, he's not. So. I mean, I mean, it's Alan Tudyk, but this is a totally different character. Right. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And also Mork and Mindy, they made a reference to, which I can see. But oh, it's yeah. going way back. It's going way back. Love that yeah. show. But uh, yeah, so I mean, uh, so a little bit there in that. Um, so are you watch? Are are you watching Debris yet? Yes. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm watching Debris. Um, they, they've had three episodes out so far. And are you liking Debris? I am liking Debris so far. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Good. What's that about? So no, <laughs> I, I'm not really sanguine on the name. Um, you would, but uh, it's an interesting concept. Basically, this alien spaceship uh, that exploded over the Earth's atmosphere, its debris is landing on Earth and causing problems. Um, That's right. Okay. Superpowers. They get superpowers from touching certain things, right? Uh, so and weird things happen. Uh, people get cloned, uh, people get stuck in a dimensional rift. Um, 
you know, gravity on gets wonky. It's just so. And what you have is you have a somebody from CIA and somebody from MI6, kind of like a international task force going around, you know, first securing the pieces of debris and basically trying to clean up the mess. And then somebody comes up with a cover story for what's going on in this town. And uh, they're actually in one episode, not, not a place, not far from us, uh, Fleetwood, Pennsylvania. Um, now they probably filmed up in Canada someplace, but they called it Fleetwood, Pennsylvania. And right. uh, so that was kind of interesting. Cool. Very good. Mm-hmm. Dave, what's going on in your sci-fi world? Uh, not a whole lot. Um, work's been busy enough that when I usually get home, I'm just trying to zone into something comfortable and fun. So I've been continuing my SG-1 rewatch. And where are you at uh, with that? I think I'm in season eight, I think. Oh, okay. I just finished the episode where Teal got his first apartment and was teaching his hot little neighbor how to do his... his uh, Jaffa Kung Fu or whatever. <laughs> um, a great, I mean, great episode and everything. But I think I think it's in season eight. Um, still reading or listening to Star Trek Agents of Influence when time allots. Um, wife and I finished WandaVision and uh, actually look forward to tomorrow, hopefully starting Falcon and Winter Soldier. Oh, yeah. Well, that drops that tomorrow. Drops tomorrow. Yeah, good. About time to that get one. more Marvel on. I'm missing my Marvel. Yeah, I got a lot on my radar, so it's just a matter of waiting to get time to yeah. start watching that. Works kept me busy, and then now we're looking at building a house around through here. Ooh, nice. Yeah. Where are yeah, you? So where where are you looking at doing that? <laughs> uh, literally less than a five minute walk from the high school. <laughs> so he's so literally right around the corner from work. <laughs> so you're telling me that you're going to walk to school then? Yeah. Which I probably would have most times because it's close enough. And right. why not? Cause I need to walk a little bit longer every day. Right. Because the 10, the 10 plus but, uh, miles you walk each day aren't enough. No, not near enough. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's, you it's, think, it's you think like that we're right joking the- when we say that, You've tracked your mileage and you legitimately walk somewhere close to 10 miles someday. I, yes, uh, pretty close. So I'm, 10 miles is the really busy day. Um, I'm about eight and a half today. So eight. So, so was, imagine your job, right? You're walking eight miles. Most of us, like I have to legitimately make time. Dave sees me. I'll go on walks throughout my day. So I'm not stationary. I'll take 10, 15 minute walks just to get blood moving. Um, yep. Cause just in our classrooms, you just aren't walking a lot because COVID has everything so stationary. So, but you yep. don't need, don't need that. You are up and about. Yep. Okay. And, and as fast as I've gotten at walking, I feel like the old people at the mall, like right away in the morning, who just kind of power walk before everything always opened up. <laughs> What's really great is when you see Dave walking, is his chest down, his arms are pumping. I'm just kidding. He's not doing that. <laughs> no, like, but he's not. I, I walk like a fat man. I have seen myself on the camera footage and I get embarrassed. Like, do I really walk that way? I need to slow it down or lose weight. More likely able to slow it down. <laughs> right, 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 right. Well, you know, I know a good plan, Dave, that can help you with I'm just kidding. So Yes, yes. yes. <laughs> you know somebody with a wallet big enough to afford to do that. Hey, I know somebody's working a ton of overtime to do that. 
who isn't building a house. Just kidding. <laughs> yeah, that, that's the, <laughs> that's right the other thing. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, good. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, uh, Stargate, uh, Age of Influence, WandaVision, all good things. And I, too, am looking forward to uh, Winter Soldier. And that's a Falcon. That's going to be good. So, I'm very excited about that. I'm excited about April coming up because we're going to get Chrissy back. Yeah, it'll be nice to have a female presence. Yes, and we got to start working. We got to start working in the chat what we're going to do for this uh, sci-fi karaoke. Come on, I think we can make this happen. <laughs> we aren't. We aren't saying it's going to be a good show, folks. We're just saying it's going to happen. So. Well, it's going to be amusing. That's for it'll sure. be amusing as well. So, oh, it'll be spectacular. So we'll have to pull. Let's see. We have so songs, faith of the heart. The Life Day song from the holiday special, right? Um, we got to think of some other good songs that we can sing. The Star Trek theme song we should do. I've gotten pretty good at imitating William Shatner's version of Rocket Man. Yes, <laughs> we, should do, we should do that. Um, the other one we should do is the Battlestar Galactic theme song, All Along the Watchtower. We should do, we should sing that. Oof. Um, Speaking of that song, I actually heard a version of that that Tim Russ did. It's quite interesting. Yeah. Speaking of Tim Russ, he did something interesting. He's talking about his thirty-some year career in, in acting, and um, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, Dave. Um, <laughs> um, Scott, you remember the movie Spaceballs? I do. I okay, do you know indeed. The, you know when they're combing the desert, like you know literally combing the desert. combing the desert. Got it. Yeah, and uh, when um, they ask him, "Have you found anything?" and um, well, that's Tim Russ. He's the African American with the. Um, he is with the comb. He says, "Man, we haven't found shit." You know, and, uh, <laughs> that, and, and he says, "That's what I'm being remembered for." <laughs> <laughs> it's very the video's true. hilarious. Yeah, he's you know he's he's a good sport, but he's making you know he's sort of lamenting. This is kind of what pe- people probably remember him from. It's true. It's true. Yeah, I'm a uh, yeah. So we have that, but mm-hmm. so we we'll, we'll, we'll figure out. We we need to create. So if you have songs that you think that we should that are sci-fi related that you think we should try singing, send them in, and we'll see what we can do. So we need your we need your suggestions for sci-fi diner karaoke. Karaoke at the sci-fi diner. So it's bound to be hilarious. So if you need a preview of that, go back to uh what 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 were we doing that for? Oh, it must have been Enterprise, the episode of Enterprise. Enterprise. <laughs> episode of Enterprise when we did the Enterprise pilot, right? Which uh, which might make a cameo back on the show again. We'll see. Yeah. So in my sci-fi world, beyond us planning for the karaoke show, um, you know, I, I just want to, M's not here and, uh, I, and, and I'm not here to open up a debate about where I stand on this. All right. But there's been a lot of JK Rowling has gotten a lot of hate from the geek community a little bit because of her stance, I guess, on, transgender issues and again i'm not saying that those are not taking a stance either way on that but i thought that something that ralph fines who is that the way you say his name ralph fines fines yeah yeah. Uh, the guy plays voldemort kind of 
came to J.K. Rowling's defense not so much in agreeing, I was telling you about the state, not so much in agreeing with what J.K. Rowling's stance, but I thought that what he said about arguments are is so beautiful. And I it bears repeating. We don't get political. We try not to take stances on one side or another in this show. Sometimes they come up, and they're difficult to avoid in today's society. But I want to know that if you don't agree with something I say, I want this truth to be understood, all right? And he said this, Ralph Fine said this, and so this is part of my what's going on in my sci-fi world. I got to understand in the heat of the argument us you know, being upset, but I find that in this age of accusation the need to condemn irrational. I find the level of hatred that people express about views that differ from theirs and the violence of language toward others disturbing. And I just want you to know that if you disagree with me or you say something I don't agree with, I will not unfriend you. And I will, I will, I will be okay with the fact that you aren't on the same page I am. And I will find beauty in that difference. And uh, I'm okay with having you having a different position than me. And I say that to both of you here in the Sci-Fi Diner. I say that to Em. I say that to Chrissy. And... Um, the article from Hollywood Reporter that um, he was talking about the backlash and he's just calling the backlash disturbing. And this is kind of the, I think this quote really stood out from the article. Um, but yeah, so just hear it. So, so just hear that because I think the geek community, there's a lot of diversity in the geek community. It's what, it's one of the things that we value. And one of the things that I value about the geek community is the diversity of opinion. And we've been raised with different backgrounds and many times different faiths and they've all shaped us. And uh, that's okay. That's okay. The diner is a place where we can have open discussion, frank discussion where we value and we aren't, we try not to come across as judgmental. But we try to love everybody. That's right. You yep. can disagree. Just don't be disagreeable. Yeah. As yep. the master once said, that anger leads to hate, hate. and that hate leads to suffering. Yes. Hate leads to suffering. Yeah, so anyways, wanted to share that as a part of going into my sci-fi world. There's been a lot happening in my sci-fi world. So finished the first season of The X-Files with Kiefer. We enjoyed it. It's, it ends, of course, if you're familiar with the show, ends with Deep Throat being shot and killed. And the X-Files being shut down, which I think they did because they weren't sure they were getting a second season. It would have been a beautiful end of the show if they did it that way. But, of course, we have another nine seasons to go. So we're working our way through that. Kiefer and I also watched the Endgame and Infinity War. Um, actually, we aren't through Endgame yet. We started Endgame. He said at 8.31 night, he goes, let's start Endgame. I'm like, buddy, you know we're just watching half an hour because we shut tech down an hour before the end. He goes, yeah, but we're going to start Endgame. So, yeah, we got to where, like, Ant-Man shows up on the Avengers store doorstep, and that's where we ended. Um, but it's been good, and, and we did, and he kind of made that decision after watching, finishing up WandaVision, which, of course, we loved. My wife was gung-ho going into the show, but after we got out of the TV episodes, it was like, eh, yeah, not for me. Because it got too uh, it got too geeky, got too Marvel-ish. So I get, I get that. I get that she's not a huge geek. But but she at least gave it the good gold college try, right? 
good for um, her. Yeah. yeah, good good for her, definitely. Uh, so I, I like Dave. I'm interested in Falcon and Winter Soldier that's coming down the pike. Um, I have been, uh, I finished the We Are Bobverse series. I think I was reading the last time we talked. Um, and uh, really enjoy, I can't recommend that series enough. And uh, it is fun. And if you liked Ready Player One, you're really, in my opinion, you're going to enjoy this series. I'm looking at real quickly who wrote that. Um, we are Legion. We are Bob. It's Dennis E. And I can't see the name. It's going to start it up, and I don't want to play it. Let me see. Go to my library. It is Dennis E. Taylor is the author who wrote that. It's fantastic. And the book that I'm currently reading, I'm reading for a po- another podcast to do called The Old World Sword. It was recommended by Jim Arrowood. Jim Arrowood, I absolutely love you. Although, I'm going to be honest, I hated this book for the first half of it. And I am currently, I'm okay. Like, like it's growing on me, I guess. Um, and it's Red Rising by Pierce Brown. And it's set as a off-world Hunger Games. So it, it, it plays. The premise is different. So the Hunger Games are like fighting for tribute so they can get food for their you know district, right? So the premise is different, but there is a sense of hunger games going on. Like I'm, I'm about, I was about halfway through the book. I'm saying, Oh, there's not hunger. This isn't like the hunger games. And then, cause it was described to me like hunger games, but in space. Um, but now I'm in the part where I'm like, Oh yeah, well I'm seeing the hunger games parallel. Um, it's good. It's good. Uh, but uh, hard to get into for me. And maybe part of it was, the guy was the guy, the reader, and I'm used to it now. But I listen to my audiobooks, and sometimes when you get readers, they'll read with a certain accent. And this guy thinks like must be Irish or something like that. And that took me a little bit to get used to. And uh, but I do like it now. It's uh, so I won't know if I, I wouldn't say I'd recommend the book, but it's a uh, it's not a bad read at this current point and i think it's a series so unless uh the podcast decides oh let's read book two and three i'm probably going to stop after book one because i have some star trek i want to read and some J.R. tolkien i want to read but 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 yeah so that narrator can make or break a book they can you can and you know and there's some like i remember reading the wheel of time series the first time i read that series i only read it one time um but really not liking the narrator. And they did a weird thing where they had a male narrator and a female narrator, depending on, because you were following male characters through part of the book and then female characters. And when the female characters, you would get the female. And so I got why they did it, but I did not like the male narrator. Would you know that by book 14, that narrator had grown in me, that by the time I finished that book, I went to Audible and actually looked up what other books this uh, narrator had read. And I actually... He did a um, a history of he he read a history of Christ from the uh, from Christ to the modern day church, and he read this history. It was like a multi volume, and he read it, and I listened to it just because I enjoyed him reading it. I was interested in the material too, but um, 
it was uh it was just a it was a really good reader but anyways so uh sometimes readers grow on you sometimes they don't and that's just the way it goes this one obviously did though this one did yeah yeah so try to think oh go ahead dave you're gonna say something i was gonna say they're trying to listen to the game of thrones books i, I can't get past the narrator for those oh really that's the only way yeah, i made it, it through those books it was, it was difficult. It's difficult for me to get to it. And maybe it's cause I'm so used to uh, Robert Petkoff who does a lot of the Trek ones and the, ah, there's, a, I can't remember his name who does most of the star Wars novels also, Yes, but they're just so good that oh. it, anything else is so difficult to get through for me. Yeah. Like Scott brick, I think does all the Dune stuff. And then like you go with all the Will Wheaton stuff you know, from John Scalzi down to Ready Player One and, you know, all those. Uh, there are some good narrators out there. I, You know, the reality is I might be 50 years old, but I still enjoy being read, too. I do. I do. You know, <laughs> it's we just, all know. there is. You know, and I think the other, the flip side of the thing, you know, I'm 50 years old. My eyes get ty- t- tired reading a physical book. I, I probably should wear glasses more than I do. That's probably my own damn fault, but... I mean, that's just whatever. So the other thing going on in my sci-fi world, um, I have uh, been mourning the passing of Daft Punk, um, and uh, who, as of course, in geek fame, um, of course, was known because of their Tron, uh, their Tron soundtrack. So that's associating with geek world. They did the Tron soundtrack for the new Tron for Disney. The movie got panned, but the soundtrack ended up being kind of one of the better points of the movie to some people. Um, and so because of it, my uh, son and I watched Tron and uh, he enjoyed it. He enjoyed, he enjoyed the Tron story. Um, we did not watch the original Tron. We just watched Tron, the more recent one. And then I was uh, at guys weekend, Dave, that uh, you were supposed to be at this past weekend. And we watched tons of movies there. So I watched for the first time ever Tenet. Um, did it, did either of you see Tenet? No. Yeah. So it's a weird thing. Like it's a little bit of time travel-ish, sort of. They find material that is going backwards in time as we're, as we're going forward in time. And so this is kind of the premise. And so there's different things that happen that are happening backwards in time and forward in time. And this is kind of this whole cerebral and everything kind of connects at the end. And that's all I'm going to say, because if you ever watch it, it's well worth watching once. Um, but it is a bit heady. It's a bit heady. Is that the one that came out like last, the beginning of last summer or whatever during COVID kind of yeah. in the middle of the, yeah. the pandemic yeah, stuff. Did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so there's that. Watch that. Um, watch both specific Rim movies, which I'd never seen. Um, I enjoyed the first one for special effects. And, uh, of course, Channing Tatum's in there. And he's like, hubba hub. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> but he's, he, he's, he's in that movie. And then the second one I, I, was, I found problematic because the first one's geared toward, I don't know, I guess a more dot audience. And the second one was geared toward teen audience. It changed the premise. Um, I'm not sure why they did that. Um, 
I know there was a uh, TV show that also came out for uh, Pacific Rim, and um, I haven't watched that either. But I watched them, and if I never watch them again, I'm okay with that. Yeah. <laughs> and then they also watched, uh, and I didn't really pay attention to this, but they watched Braveheart, which I, of course, had seen before. But uh, you know, me seeing it once was enough. Uh, and then they watched a sequel to Braveheart that Netflix did. Um, and I don't need to see that one again. By the way, uh, our favorite Captain Kirk is in it as the main character. William Shatner? No, yeah, no. <laughs> Chris Pine uh, is in it. Um, Dave's favorite Captain Kirk. Uh, and I casually played other, I played board games during that time because I didn't need to see them. And then we watched. I didn't know they made a sequel. Yeah, yeah, it's there. It doesn't follow. Obviously, it doesn't follow William Wallace because he's dead. But they follow. They follow the other guy, his huh. his sidekick or whatever. Um. And then we uh, watched uh, four of the Jason Bourne movies, the ones with Matt Damon in, and nice. they were as entertaining this time as they were the first time. I really enjoy that disenfranchised spy that doesn't know who he is and then isn't happy with what he's done and is jaded by the agency that is obviously also corrupt. There's something very American about that. You know, the the, <laughs> the conspiracy. I mean, we love our conspiracies, right? You know, um, and uh, this is, this totally plays into the Americana that we know. So, I think that's about it. That's a lot of stuff happening in my sci-fi world. Not all of it's exactly sci-fi related, but yeah. Cool. Yeah. So I don't know if there's anything else in our sci-fi world. So, so Miles, why don't you uh, introduce us into this Star Trek Strange New Worlds beginning production? Okay. So there's a video dropped recently just announcing that, um, they um, they start production and we we have a um, introduction to some of the new cast members. Um, you ready to play it, Scott? Yeah, I'll play it. I don't know if you'll be able to hear it, but okay. Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. Its five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations. To boldly go where no one has gone before. That's right. Production is officially underway on the all-new Star Trek series. Strange new worlds. I'm just so excited to say those words. Stepping back onto the Enterprise will always feel like a dream come true. To sit there and to look around and to see everything, it felt so real and it was so magical. It looks like it could take off. Such a surreal moment for me that I will remember for a very long time. On a scale of 1 to 10, I would say it's like a 705. So get ready for the voyages you have been waiting for. We've started. We're in Toronto. We're in production. Here we go. All right, so there you have it. Um, what did you, uh, anything stand out just from watching the cast? Very young. Yes? Young and uh, 
a tra- following a, a traditional Star Trek trope, which is a good thing. Just uh, you know, a diverse group of ethnicities in uh, this uh, this show. Um, two people of African descent, I believe, a woman of Asian descent in there. Um, I know if, if you if you watch the, the the cage, it was pretty homogenous as far as um, yeah the cast of characters. Although you did you had two women. Uh, on 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 the ship, which was probably still kind of uh, you know new at the time, um, the, the, a lot of enthusiasm. Anson Mounts, I mean, he, he's obviously very enthusiastic about doing this, um, and I'm, I'm I'm enthusiastic about seeing it. But I really hope that maybe they just didn't announce it yet, but we get a Doctor Boyce. Uh, Doctor Boyce was the was the doctor. On the pilot, there seemed to be a nice chemistry between uh, Pike and Boyce, and I, I'm not the only Star Trek fan that wants to see, you know, that this the dynamic with Boyce and uh, Pike. And there's there's been a um, a fan campaign to try to get Jeffrey Combs, who played a multitude of roles in, uh, in in Star Trek: Deep Space Nine, Voyager, and Enterprise. Um, I, I think he would be a great choice to play Boyce, um, but that, that has been that's not official and it's not announced. It's just fans have expressed uh, that's who like to see it yet. But that's something I would like. To, I would like to see the Boyce character on this new show. Right, a hundred percent. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, you know, it's uh, we have, we of course have interviewed um, uh, Ethan Peck and uh, Anson Mount on the show. Um, yep. And uh, and they're going to be it seems central at least part of this show so that's very cool, that is mm-hmm. very cool. So, I I am so excited for this show more than I think I have been any of the new Trek shows that have come out. More than Picard. More than Picard. Really? Because well, because I knew Picard. I I, I knew the premise kind of going in. I'm not going to see. Picard's the only one that I know we're going to see. Right. You've got Captain Pike, who we who fell in love with in Discovery. Right. But we also never got to see as much of him as we wanted to after the pilot. You've got number one, who follows right along with him. You got Spock again. And, and probably my favorite character of all time, the Enterprise. Yeah. Finally, a Star Trek show with the Enterprise there i i am and, and if, if all holds true that they're bringing this back to kind of like the more episodic kind of a kind of a storytelling uh, that that's what i've been waiting for for about well, since enterprise yeah well you know it makes sense that they do that sort of story especially in in wake of the orville and its popularity right yeah um and we have i mean picard and Discovery are very much storyline, story-driven shows, which are fine. They're fine in their own right. Oh, yeah. But for uh, those of us who grew up with Trek or came into Trek a little bit later and are used to the other way of doing Trek, there is a there is a sense of nostalgia that that also brings. And it makes sense if you're going to bring that nostalgia, bring it back with the Enterprise and with Pike and with a story that we're somewhat familiar with and with even a character that we already are familiar with, and that is Spock. Mm-hmm. Do something to appease us, uh, contentious, crotchety old fans. Tell me about it. Maybe we'll finally <laughs> shut you up. 
But <laughs> yeah, we're a bunch of pains in the asses, aren't we? Uh, now do it right. Yeah. <laughs> well, we are. Uh, we at least got to see Pike and Spock during the second season of Discovery, um, and um, and they became central for that. And so it'll be nice to see them kind of have their own show here with Strange New Worlds. Now, do and we? I, I, Go ahead. I was going to say, I, I think Anson Mount's performance on Discovery Season 2 was probably the the impetus for getting a new, getting this Star Trek show. Oh, yeah. His yeah. performance and, and Ethan Peck's performance. I thought Ethan, I thought Ethan Peck killed it playing a young Spock. Yeah, I, I think so, too. Very um, much. So. Yeah. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it how it how it plays out, and um, it'll be great to ha- have that back on. And we know it's filming. Do we know the target as far as when they're thinking this is going to drop? I mean, two thousand twenty-two. Optim- I bet. I think that's probably real, more realistic. Sometime in twenty twenty-two. I mean, yeah. optimistically, this it, it, they said twenty twenty late twenty twenty-one. I think we, we well. I think when's we're when's to- Picard supposed to drop? Do we know that the second season of Picard? I do not. Have they know begun filming coming. that yet? We'll have to do. Well, Come on, you guys are supposed. You guys call yourself <laughs> Trek fans, and you don't know the latest <laughs> Trek news. Come on, what am I doing? Well, I, only because I haven't seen anything about it. Yeah, no, I, 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 I feel like I did see something about it, but I don't know if it was, it began pre-production or what it was. I thought there was something about it, but, but that's yeah, all there. Right. Ha- there there really isn't all. There hasn't been much news about Picard season yeah. two yet. To be honest, yeah, yeah, that's all right. All right, uh, we you know guys, it's coming back. Yeah, it's coming back. That's about it. So, mm-hmm. and it's talking about Star Trek. Before we move on to it, we of course are doing lower decks for our next show. Right. That's yeah. next. Ta- talking about a show that's episodic in nature. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. It's something in nature. That's yeah, for sure. that's for sure. It's awesome in nature. So I have not watched a single episode. So are, are these episodes short? Yeah. So what are we doing? Are we doing the first two or something like that? We could. We might as well do two. I mean, the first two episodes. Yeah. Okay. And Let's we, do the whole season. Make a real fun time out of it. Oh. <laughs> Or we could do the first one and the last one. I don't know. If, no, uh, we could do that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So uh, introduce us into the next uh, trailer that we're going to talk about tonight. So we have uh, Justice League uh, World War II coming out, uh, I believe, in May. Uh, but the, these are the animated movies put out by DC. And I've been enjoying them for many years. And this one looks pretty good. Uh so tell I'm, me, I'm excited for this one. Before we play the trailer, Miles, what what draws you to the animated uh, Justice League series? You've been a fan of these, like ever since the Diner started. You, every once in a while, you bring up I'm watching this trailer, this trailer. So I know that they're they've been really a part of your life. What continues to compel you back to these the animated when we're having so much good live action come out? I think the storytelling in these animated movies are just well written um they're just they're just well very well written stories i think the characters are developed well i I think in many ways the dc animated movies that they've been putting out for several years are are 
superior than than the live action movies that DC's been putting out. Um, it's just they're just very good, entertaining stories. They're they're more adult. Um, I, I so I was going to ask you. There's, of, there's sign. There seems to be like a sense of nostalgia. Like growing up, you saw the superheroes, but you're saying that these are not your these are not your Saturday morning cartoon superhero shows. No, and I and I definitely enjoyed those, but. You know, for people that enjoyed the the Batman the animated series and saw what a well written um, animated superhero show could be, um, you know, if if you like that, then you'll you'll definitely like 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 these uh, movies also. If you enjoyed you know the Justice League show that the Cartoon Network did years ago. A lot of those voices come back for these for these animated movies. Uh, Ken Conroy has done. I hope I'm saying his name right. Um, has voiced Batman in many of these uh, animated movies, but also they they can kind of do their own thing. They can kind of be a one off sort of thing. They can kind of tell a story like they'll do something like in the fifties. They'll they'll have the superheroes based you know around the fifties, so they can kind of address topics that were going on or things that were dealing with in the world back then. They, they kind of sometimes dealing with the whole red scare, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, you know, dealing with what, what they thought aliens would be like. And so, so some of them are kind of, um, have uh, their own, uh, there's like a series of them and they're in the same timeline, but sometimes they can just do a whole one-off of their own thing. Um, so yeah, they're, they're, so those are a lot of the reasons why I, I right. gravitate towards these. All right, let's play the trailer and we'll talk about it a little bit. They've taken control of most of Europe and Russia. Merciful heaven, an invasion. That's not all, Mr. President. I take it that's where your big idea comes in. Let me introduce you to the team. We said we would end this war. Too many people have died. We can stop this. We need to utilize every meta-human we can. Who have you got there, Wonder Woman? I'm from the future. It's not impossible. Are you ready to end this war? I thought you'd never ask. Then, welcome to the team. This goes haywire. Blame the new guy. Turns out the Nazis are launching a surprise attack. Then we stop them. Mother of God. Ah, kid, you ain't seen nothing yet. All right, so let's talk about this a little bit. We have a a uh, a DC movie without Superman or Batman. So let's talk about this and uh, how this kind of fits in the fact that we have a paradox is we have two flashes to the same location at the same time. What do we know about this, Miles? The story. Well, uh, obviously, that we we have Wonder Woman could 
we know she's long lived, so her being around during World War II, not a problem. And I need to make a correction. It's Justice Society, not Justice League. I think they're they're originally called the Justice Society. Um, but so this is this is looks like it's a one off. Um, but you you have classic Flash with with the helmet and wings meeting um, our more. I guess modern present day flash more the whole red, red suit covering him up and his face and everything. Um, but you see a superhero in here that probably many of us don't know our man. He basically has, he has this device that gives him super strength for an hour. And uh, we were seeing a version of that character in the new um, uh, star girl series, but that, that goes back. But we see a Hawkman. We see, I, I believe uh, black canary, in this and Hawkman, but um, yeah, they're they're fighting Nazis in World War Two, and somehow the Flash from the future shows up. Do you think Nazis will ever? Do you think Nazis will fade as being the bad guy as we continue to move on in society? Or is there a fascination no. with that era? I think there's a fascination with the era, and I think there's also. There is very little dispute that the Nazis were evil. And so it's a very easy enemy to fight. There's, there's, you, you really, there really isn't much disagreement uh, that, of how evil they were. So fighting Nazis, not a big deal. You're not going to offend too many people in today's world. Um, so no, I I think we'll we'll, we'll still see stories about um, fighting Nazis in World War II or or present day or or even you know later. Um, I was watching this show on uh, Amazon Prime called uh, Hunters. It was starring uh, Al Pacino about this group of people back in the seventies that were going um, after uh, Nazis. And so that no, so that still fascinates people to this day, and it, I don't see it waning much. Right, right. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think the fact that you said that they're easy targets, um, and without ill dispute or much dispute, I do think I, I would agree with that. I think that um, the villains that I like to see are much more complex. The villains that you get into that. Yes, they're bad, but you understand why they did what they did, even though you have to, in the end, disagree with their outcome or their decision. Um, I think you know. Yeah. We, we, I think I like the Joker, right? Yeah, yeah the Joker is clearly evil, but we made an entire movie where you you get into the psyche of the Joker. It's 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 and it's uh, you don't end up saying, ah, oh, the Joker is a greatest thing since sliced bread, but it's the, uh, but, but you look at that, it's, it's, uh, it gives you an empathy maybe for the Joker that you don't have. Yeah. And I guess with the not, you know, the Nazis of war too, it's pretty black and white. Yeah, it is. I'm, it is. Mm-hmm. That's not saying this won't be good. I'm just saying that yeah. mm-hmm. day- there is a, there's a nostalgia probably yes. that, that that's going to appeal to people to watch this. I mean, comic books have been going on since the 1930s, and some of these superheroes we see here have that long a history. So, what was the alternate history one that was just an Amazon 
uh, Man in the High Castle, the yep. alternate mm-hmm. history, right, with Michael Hogan and all that. And you had, of course, the, uh, you know, the, so, yes, we're still fascinated, right? That show's not that old. I don't think it's on anymore. Maybe it is. Um, but no, it wrapped up. It wrapped up. So, I mean, we obviously have a pretty, uh, there's enough interest that we make TV shows that that show was fairly well known and had multiple seasons. So that means there has to be some staying power to this easy bad guy called the Nazis. So. Mm-hmm. All right. Why don't you move into, uh, tell us about our uh, next trailer here. So we're, we're, we're shifting from DC and we're going to Marvel and I've been hearing about this for a little while. You know, I was looking for some new entertainment this year. We didn't get a whole lot of new entertainment last year. And so, um, I found this. When does the Eternals drop? Do we know when it's coming out? The release date for the Eternals. Hey, tell you what, I'll play the trailer and you can tell me after we get back. Memories. Everyone in a coma goes to the same common space. Here. In coma, some people develop unique abilities. In order to discover those abilities, a person needs a little push. To be put in danger. I'm wondering what your special ability is going to be. The man from the balcony. Is he the leader? He taught us how to survive. We're here for a reason. Everyone who's here didn't make it in reality. They didn't have a future there. You haven't figured out anything. I'm the commander here! This world is made of memories. How did they get here? Get down! There's an island free of reapers somewhere in the coma. We're always looking for people who can help us get there. Is this my life now? I remember that I couldn't be together with who I wanted to be. Here it's possible. Our world would never appreciate something unusual, even if it's a hundred times better. What do you need reality for after that? We need to wake up. You can't wake up. Do you understand? Your body is there in coma. You are here. There's nothing you can do about it. Life in coma is as real as it gets. We need to wake up. You can't wake up. Do you understand? Your body is there in coma. You are here. There's nothing you can do about it. Life in coma is as real as it gets. All right, it actually gives a date in the preview, November 5th, 2021. Mm -hmm. I guess was when I said it was going to come out. But all right, so let's talk about this is a movie, not a TV show, right? Yep. And And as uh, Dave alluded to, uh, one of the actors from Game of Thrones is one of the stars. That's right. Kit Harrington, right? That's great. Angelina Jolie, Tomb Raider herself. I haven't seen her in a while. 
Yeah. So she's in it. Some Hayek. And um, yeah, so it's uh, all-star cast kind of frying this thing. So Marvel has had, uh, this is a Marvel movie, and uh, it definitely has the Marvel flair, right? Yep. It'd be interesting like to it. see how it fits into the whole MCU as we know it. Right. Some of the shots look like recycled shots from the uh, from the movies we've seen. I'm sure they were. They kind of. I think they were. Yeah. But there's a feel for it, right? Mm-hmm. So it will be interesting to see how they tie in because this is a group of superheroes that we haven't seen, right? Yeah, I don't know much about the Immortals as far as their story in the comic books. Is it the Immortals or the Eternals? The Eternals, I'm sorry. Yeah. 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 Well, the one guy looked like one of Doctor Strange's yes. companions. Like Wu or whatever his name is. Yeah. And I f- the other, the one girl in there looked like Rambo from um, WandaVision. I don't know if it's if it's her or not, but okay. just a quick glance I got, I thought it w- might have been. I guess we could always IMDb it and find out real yeah, quick, I wish right? That out, right? But but that's uh, but yeah. So uh, I don't know that we know much about the plot yet, right? Yeah, um, and, and and look at IMDb. It's 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 um, the saga of the Eternals, a race of immortal beings who lived on Earth and shaped its history and civilizations. So. Yeah, there's not a whole lot of information. Huh. Yeah. But the, f- the fact that it, that it's from the folks at Marvel and Disney, you know, at the very least has me interested. And it definitely you know, sounds like it's worth the watch, right? Worth the watch and, you know, maybe even see it in theaters. Yeah. It yeah. is not Rambo. It's not Rambo. Well, there yeah. you go. Is uh, the character Wu in the movie? I'm looking at IMDb. I am not seeing no, that character. That, must be that guy who I thought like. was Gilgamesh. Yeah, different different person, but different character. Yeah. yeah. Well, today we had Justice League. Zack Snyder's cut of the uh, trailer for Justice League dropped at HBO Max. Dave, I heard you watched it. No, I did not have four hours to. You don't have four hours in your day to watch that? No, I wish. I wish, yeah. So, I mean, this has dropped, uh, you know, previews of this had a lot of critical acclaim, right? I heard a lot of good, positive things from Zack Snyder's cut. Uh, So what is different about this movie than the movie that we saw three, four years ago? Well, there's a lot more content. Right. um, the, the, there's, we'll see Superman in the black suit. Uh, we'll see some, um, dark, you know, the character dark side here. And so I, 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 I guess Joss Whedon just, well, it's a four hour movie. So I think Joss Whedon just had to edit it down just so it'd be okay to show in theaters. Didn't it, isn't this the movie too, that he came in and took over for Zack Snyder because Zack Snyder's son had committed suicide, I think. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. I, I thought it was a daughter, but yeah, Zack Snyder, one of Zack Snyder's children did, did sadly end their yeah, life. That's, yeah. And so I think that Josh Whedon kind of stepped into a movie that he wasn't necessarily 
you know, developing from the ground up. So I think this is Zack Snyder saying, okay, let me put the movie out that I wanted to put out, right? Yeah, yeah. And I'm definitely interested in seeing it. I mean, I'll probably, I don't think I'll watch it in one sitting because it's so long, but, um, but, uh, well, maybe I will. I don't know. We'll see. It, you know, if, if it sucks me in, you know, and if I'm, but I, I will definitely watch it. I mean, the first, you know, I, I enjoyed the first Justice League movie. I thought after I saw this, I thought, okay, DC is starting to finally get it. What makes a good live action superhero movie? And um, so, I, I don't. I, I mean, some people are probably comparing comparing the Zack Snyder cut to this, and I'm I'm not sure that's a necessarily a fair comparison. Yeah. It's, in some sense, it's a different movie. Uh, I, I would imagine if you're adding that much content to it, it would change it substantially. Yeah. I mean, certain points of it, I guess. Yeah, you're still getting from point A to point B. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I don't have see HBO. I don't have HBO Max, so it'll be a little bit twice yet. But, uh, but. Yeah. Maybe we can help you out, Scott. Oh, maybe you can. Yeah. So, so you uh, you have to let me know off the air. So. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah let me give you my stuff right now for that, Scott. <laughs> yeah. Why are so many people logging into my HBO? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh my. Yeah. yeah. Tell me about it. Um. Oh. Go ahead. I gotta correct something from the. The uh, Eternals. There are two Game of Thrones actors in this oh, okay. movie. Okay. The other one is uh, Rob Stark himself. There, Mister Richard Madden. Is he? Oh, Rob Stark. Yep. Okay. Good. Well, this is not Ned Stark because if it was, he would die within he'd the first. <laughs> he'd be dead. He'd be dead within the first five, like five minutes of the show. Poor guy. How great is that, though? I mean, you, you know. <laughs> He's so well known. All he has to do is die within the first few minutes or first few episodes, few minutes of a movie or a few episodes in a TV show, or the and first hour and a half of a uh, nine-hour trilogy. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say that's <laughs> probably his longest run. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, but yeah, but um, what's what's the actor's name? Um, um, Sean Bean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, one simply doesn't just walk into Mordor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the, the scene that launched a thousand memes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But, Indeed. Yeah. Well, all right. Well, anything else we need to talk about tonight on the show? I think we kind of ran through the uh, show notes here. Well, did we... Uh... Did we talk about WandaVision much? We didn't. We uh, do need to talk. And we need to talk Cliff Simon. I'm sorry. That's not. I'm just going down through the list and I didn't. Yeah. And we didn't talk about that. So uh, which one do you want to talk about first? Well, let's. Um, how about we'll do WandaVision first and then we'll end by remembering Cliff Simon. Yeah. Sounds good. So, so let's talk WandaVision. What did you guys think of the wrap up? Of WandaVision. I was very satisfied with it. I think it was great. Uh, I loved, you know, that 
there is a huge payoff if you just stick with it. I mean, I, I wasn't that. I mean, I, I mean, it was cute the first couple episodes with them the old, doing the old TV show sitcom thing. But then when we got to see the stuff happening with uh, Sword and seeing people come back after um, uh, they, you know, Tony Stark gets the uh, the gauntlet, um, that really got me um, sucked back in. I mean, I, wa- I was going to watch it from beginning to end, but but I was m- much more invested in the story and. Um, yeah, it was it was it was great. And then um, two visions fighting each other. That was uh, that was pretty cool too. Yeah, Dave. The vision mind meld. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, it, it, I echo about the same thing. I mean, the f- first few episodes, and then I was glad that I, I held off starting it from day one, where I heard from enough people that was like, "All right, you have to get through it. Just it pays off. Watch it." ease into it okay good so i kind of put things into more context because i would have started watching that sh- like fresh from day one i've been like what in the world is going on here yeah. um but yeah it was good to see everything connect and and oh uh, that's what's go- oh okay yeah and putting everything into context it was, it was good it was good um this was marvel's first jump into TV series, right? Right. Yeah. At least in this, at least in this capacity, live yeah, action. Capacity. Yeah. Yeah. It's good, which is good. So it re- really gets my hopes higher for Falcon and Winter Soldier, and see what they do with that. Yeah. So, very pleased. Yeah. So you know, this is one of these shows that there was an art to the first four or five episodes, right? Because what you're doing is each 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 episode represented a era in history of television history. And so it's a little bit like a trip down memory lane from shows that maybe you didn't grow up watching, but you knew your parents had, you watched reruns of like, I love Lucy down through. Um, And then you went each generation, you had a different feel and up to the modern YouTube times, you have these episodes that kind of this feel, but What's interesting is in the end, in the final two episodes, when they wrapped it all together, you realize this is coming from Wanda's childhood and her experience with her family. It's it's not just, oh, this is a fun little escapist thing that Wanda's doing. There's a real legitimate reason why she is hanging on to these memories and why this is this is a this is her dealing with PTSD and losing everyone she has loved from vision down to her brother. And God, I wish Chrissy was on the show right now because we could have a, we would have a whole different level of conversation about the psychology behind the show. Um, Because if you truly understand what Wanda has gone through in the, the series, in the Avengers, then you understand why she's done what she's done. And um, why she's so dangerous too. Yeah. I mean, she enslaved this town, not maliciously, but um, just as a, you know, coping mechanism. Right. For, um, for, for her grief. Yeah. And it's, on one hand, you're, you, you get shocked 
you're a little bit shocked that she's done it. But when you go back and you watch like the Avengers, like Infinity War and Endgame, you see that she's capable of doing this whole mind control thing. And now it's been taken just up to a uber level. And um yeah, it's just it, it it's very interesting that um it's there. And I agree, the whole the whole vision fight. Number one, the fact that Vision wasn't real and was just a figment of her imagination was disturbing. And the fact that they brought in white Vision and managed to transfer Vision's memories into white Vision uh, means that we still have a Vision around and probably a Vision that is in somewhat, that's somewhat similar to the Vision we know. At least, at least he has the same memories. So. I found that, you know, that, that this vision was basically a construct of her memories of him. And white vision is basically a zombified version of the original version. Right. Right. I mean, just both, both kind of disturbing on different levels. Yeah. <laughs> Which is interesting because they do kind of lead you astray earlier in the series. Cause they make you think that she's stolen vision's body. And you find and, and you find out that no, she actually did it. She's taken his memories and reconstructed them. So. Mm-hmm. It was an interesting what misdirection there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, I really, I really, uh, really did enjoy this series. I enjoy the way it wrapped up, and it's sad, but it's also we haven't seen the last of a Wanda. At least it doesn't appear so. There is no season two slated, by the way, for this show. I suspect we'll get a movie eventually. They, with, they, with there the, is, because it's listed like the final episode was a series finale. It wasn't just the season finale, right? So this is kind of meant to stand. And, and really, I guess you could do it. There, there's no reason now that you have White Vision around and you want to risen that they couldn't do a show based on these two characters. But it would just not the premise would be very different. Yeah, especially now that I mean I, I'm leaning towards the movie aspect since I mean the, the really the whole thing out of this was watching the transformation from Wanda Maximoff to the Scarlet Witch when she you know really gains the rest of her power from the Purple Witch whatever her name was Agnes yeah Agnes. Or Agatha yeah yeah. To, to really enveloping her character. And now she's got a superhero costume like everybody else. And, you know, moving forward, uh, but you know, she'll be in one of the next upcoming movies. I'm sure. I'm sure too. I'm sure. But yeah. So I, I don't know much more to say. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the, the characters. I enjoyed uh, I enjoyed. Uh, oh, who is the uh, the African American friend that came in? Was it who looked a little bit like Captain Marvel? What was her character? Rambo. Rambo. Uh, yeah, Captain Marvel. That friend of Captain Marvel's. Yeah. Her daughter, who was little in the movie, but. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So that, that, that's that's yeah. Rambo. And I don't know yeah. much about does does Rambo play a major part in the comic book series? Good question. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. You listeners, you can tell us because I'm sure you know, but I, I do not. But, 
but I did like the way her character was kind of formed by going through the rift. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Very nice. Very nice. Anything else about WandaVision? The the introduction of the other two characters, uh, Kat Denning's character that we saw in the Thor movies, and um, the Asian American character, uh, Agent Wu, I think was it was just. Oh yeah, what, I like Agent yeah. Wu. He's fun. Um, you know, there's there's been some fan talk about maybe there'll be something a project with with them too, uh, which I, I would like. I think they had you know they were they were pretty good together. Do you know the first thing that I ever saw Asian Wu in was a little short that was done for a TV show. It was a it was a TV reality show where these where these producers would put these mini movies on to get a big budget movie made, and they had to like pitch their movies each week. And he was in one of the with these little shorts. I'll try to post. Oh, cool. I'll try to post it online if I find it. But uh, uh, you got, you know, you got to start somewhere. Yeah, you do definitely. But mm-hmm. um, yeah. So let's. Uh, it, I think that was called. It was called die. Die hardly laughing. I think it was the name of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me see if I can find it. Um. No, no, maybe that's not the one that I'm thinking of. It's not. It's it's a different one. Okay, I'll I'll see if I can find it for you. Um. Anyways, and so uh, anything else about Wandavision before we move on to talk a little bit about Cliff? Uh, I'm looking forward to the other Marvel TV shows, uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, and then sometime Loki. After that, uh, yeah, I'm liking these 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 uh, little spinoff shows from the the MCU movies uh, coming out. Absolutely. Yeah. See my $7 a month is uh, kicking up some new content. There we go. There you go. There you go. Let's talk. uh, Greed's. Let's talk. uh, Cliff Simon. Everyone's favorite Gould. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. How is that? You just been watching Stargate and you just saw it. Yeah, I'm yeah, I'm into the seasons now where he's becoming a little more prevalent. They got rid of uh, Anubis and now Ball is becoming the uh the main baddie. Gotta love his character. He he's he plays it so well. It's 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 a shame what happened to him. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, when I met him, I was just starting out watching Stargate. I was only up to season five, so I hadn't seen oh. his part yet. But I was still excited to meet him. What I did do, though, is I watched the first episode that he was in it. And he didn't have a speaking part. He was just, when they had this get-together with the with the system lords, and he's just sitting there being all cool with his Italian you know, uh, clothes, at least this leather outfit, and uh, checking out... Um, uh, the one redhead who was um, carrying um, the one Egyptian god, uh, Hathor. Uh, not Hathor. Uh, there was another one. Um, um, oh, listeners are gonna listeners are gonna hate me, but um, but he tells a great story in in our interview with him from Shoreleaf about 
maybe one of the reasons why he got the part was that uh, he was checking her out <laughs> during this. Uh, you know, and I thought maybe, maybe, the, maybe, maybe this guy's got something. Um, and so, um, but uh, yeah, I th- he was the, he was the baddest, coolest system lord. Uh, I thought the whole series, yeah. and um, you couldn't have just one ball; you had to have multiple balls. I mean, uh, they they. Uh, when he, when he made several clones of himself, I thought that was pretty cool. No, his character, his character was great. It was, uh, I, I enjoyed his character throughout the show and we, we, and we got to see him in one Stargate movie, um, Stargate continuum, which I thought he was really great into, but meeting him at shore leave, uh, super nice guy gave us a great interview. Um, Scott, I think you asked him an interesting question about, uh, the difference between being a, he, he, I guess he was a male model at one time in his career, and now he he played a, a you know a system lord. What was the difference between that? So yes, uh, but uh, that was a good weekend. Uh, he you know great guy to talk to uh, fans. I'm sure if you if you had a chance to meet Cliff Simon, I'm sure you probably had a, a very positive experience. Yeah, he was he was just he was he was so nice. Mm-hmm. Um. And it's sad. I mean, uh, the, I mean, it's just sad that the uh, you know he's doing something he loves, so that was that's good, right? Um, but it kind of it seemed like kind of a freak accident. So yeah, and he was young. I mean, late fifties. I mean, uh, that's just uh, you know, you know, we're gonna we're, we're gonna be in our late fifties, not too distant future, but uh, that's just too young to die. It is. Mm-hmm. It is indeed. But yeah, all right. Well, very I'll good. Go back and listen to that interview. Yeah, you'll have to go back and listen to it. I think we we posted it. Didn't you post it, Miles? That we had. Yeah, I posted it on our Facebook page. Yep. Yeah. Uh, listeners, uh, that would be that I would be fun to want to go back and listen to. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, very good. Let's uh, let's wrap up the show. I think that's a pretty good show here. Next show, we are going to be doing Lower Decks, the uh, premiere episode or something like that. Uh, we'll at least be talking about Lower Decks the next ep- in the next uh, show. And then that rounds it out for Star Trek, right? At least for now, for our Star mm-hmm. Trek pilots. And um, yeah, so uh, if you want to join in the fun, just uh, let us know your thoughts. You can share them on Facebook. You can email them to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast at gmail.com. As always, you can hit us up on Twitter. Our Facebook's really the place where a lot of us kind of hang out sometimes. and um, But you can do that on the diner, and we would love to hear from you. So I think that's about it. Am I missing anything, guys? No, I think we covered it. All right. Fantastic. Well, with that being said, Miles, why don't you take us out of the show? All right. Till next time, good night and good luck. We'll see ya. And go boldly.
Scott wears ladies pants. I do. It's true. <laughs> yeah. And we can talk about that a little bit later. 